Well, folks, welcome in and good morning to you. This is the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. My name's Doug Ray. Uh, right alongside me is uh, Mr. Bryce Payne, operating the control board as usual. Hey, Bryce. Uh, hey, uh, Doug. Uh-oh. <laughs> something's wrong. Here. How are you doing? Oh, something's wrong. It's only election week. It's <laughs> well, I'm glad it's over. Oh, boy. This has been a time. I have never been so sick of political ads in my whole life. I can't believe how much money they spend on that. We could solve all the world's problems if we just dedicated that money to... It is amazing. I mean, I, I think I heard the, the senator race in North Carolina was... Over two hundred million. The one down in South Carolina with Lindsey Graham was a, that was the, that was the most 100. expensive uh, senator race ever. Oh, okay. In history, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, the amount of money that's poured into this stuff. Oh my god! And the ads aren't even accurate. I hate that. You know, both that's, sides lie yeah, like crazy. That's that's politics. That's politics. But anyway, you know, you know who we got. You know, right at this time, folks. If you've listened to the show before, you know that Doug and I. Thank and give a, a tip of the hat to our first responders, our men and women in uniform. We say that every week and we mean it every week. Doug, you served. So, folks, thank you out there for what you do. But I want to add right now to all the poll workers out there as well. Mm, yeah. Thank you for yeah. what you have had to go through. No doubt it was not an easy last month for you. So, thank you for your service as no well. No doubt. It's a volunteer position. No doubt. Doug, I feel like this is an anniversary of types. Well, you know it is. I And I want to take a moment and just thank our audience because as we speak, the Wealth Guardians radio program enters its 14th year here in the triad. And I just, uh, you know, if it weren't for you folks out there, uh, this wouldn't happen. And I, I feel so blessed and honored that uh, – You've allowed us to come into your your cars and your homes and your garages and and uh, let us just try to give you a little bit of uh, education and advice. Uh, I feel like over the years, Bryce, we've helped a lot of people. I mean, it's uh, it's so gratifying. And, and I'm not just talking about from a monetary standpoint, but I'm talking about from really helping people. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've told the story many times about the divorcee who was laid off during the Great Recession and. Didn't know she was eligible for the the divorce uh, spousal mm-hmm. social security, and we helped her get that, and many, many, many others too. And it just it just gives me such a warm feeling that through this media content, we're able to reach so many people and help them in their retirement planning and, and every day of their life. So it's uh, fourteen years. I cannot believe. You've been sitting here. It's been that long. Well, we're in a new studio now. We're in our own studio now. So times change. Things advance. This is definitely a bigger operation, I'm sure, than it was 14 years ago. Tell us about that first radio show, Doug. Well, back in those days, we started on WSJS, 830 show on Saturday morning. It was live. It was a live call-in talk show. The only training I got was uh, they gave me a list of uh, six dirty words I positively could not (laughs) say on the show, otherwise they'd lose their license. And I managed to to not ever say those words, but uh, it was was interesting. And and, uh, I'll never forget, after the very first show, the program director came up to me and he said, you know, he said, uh, you probably shouldn't think about giving up your day job. Really? <laughs> you seem really like did. a natural now. He really I mean, did. you've been doing this long enough that it certainly seems like this comes to you as, uh, as second nature. Now, I, I had worked at the radio station at my college a little bit, so I kind of know a little bit of the back and forth of the control panel here. But um, 
I liked being on the radio back then. So I, I want to thank you for allowing me to kind of pursue that aspect of uh, something I enjoy doing again. Now with you, I've been doing this for two and a half years, but yep. for 14 years, Doug, you can tell that you've been doing it because you're certainly, you've got the radio voice. I don't have the radio voice whatsoever, but, but you do, you come across well. And I know exactly what you're saying that uh, whatever one does to make their living if you can help other people at it, it certainly adds a certain uh, something you can't qualify it with money that just adds something to your job. And that's definitely what uh, this show provides you and me the opportunity to help people out there. It really does. And it's like I said before, it's just uh, I'm so grateful and blessed. And, and I thank everybody, all the audience that, that has tuned in over the years. And keep tuning in. We appreciate you. So let me ask you this, Doug. Uh, as far as all the history of the show, that through those 14 years, do you have a standout funny moment of something that might have happened on the show? Ooh, well, let me think. I, I do remember we had a caller call in early in the show, and that, and that show got started. Our show got started just before the Great Recession. And apparently I said something that uh, it was political. Uh, I get into some political back and forth. And that caller didn't like what I, I, I had to say about that particular situation. And we kind of got into it o- over the air a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's all good. Okay. So, all right. Well, you don't. we don't do the live calls anymore. No, we don't. We don't. But, uh, hey, you know, uh, with the time left in this segment, I want to talk about something else I think can help some people out there. I want to talk to you about life insurance as an asset class. Okay. Now you're thinking, what does that mean? Life insurance is an asset class. Life insurance is supposed to protect me in in case of a premature death, right? Yeah, you well, don't think of it that. as you don't think of it as an asset generally. Yeah. Right. But with modern day life insurance, you can design these policies to do some amazing things. Mm-hmm. I know you've heard us talk about how you can have that death benefit pay for home health care and long-term care while you're still alive. That can be designed into any policy. But here's something unique. If you've come to any of our Social Security workshops, we really get into the taxation of Social Security because it is taxed and Mm -hmm. heavily. So there's some asset classes out there that do not part a taxable income uh, on that Social Security. One is a Roth account, which we like a lot. But also cash value life insurance, if you structure this policy correctly, you get some pretty nice growth out of the cash value, and then you can take loans from that cash value tax-free. You never have to pay it back. Now think about that. Any loan you've ever taken out in your life, you, you have to pay back at some point in time. Well, in this situation, you don't. And at death then the death benefit will pay the loan back, plus whatever's left over goes to the primary beneficiary. These policies can be built to be extremely powerful. And let me tell you how uh, how we used one of ours. I've, they're called, in a lot of uh, nomenclature, they're called life insurance retirement plans, LERPs for short. I've got one. My wife has one. So we recently bought a condo up in uh, the Boone area, and put it on VRBO. So as a part of the down payment, I used a tax-free loan out of one of our life insurance policies for that particular down payment, which we now have the thing on VRBO, and it's already 
starting to pay for itself. In fact, we've got about eight months worth of mortgage payments already in rental income coming in from it. So you can do just about anything you want to with these life insurance policies. And, uh, you know, eventually we will pay back that loan. Uh, I won't wait until uh, till my wife dies to pay it back, but we'll we'll pay it back. Uh, but they're great to have. And, and, you know, I know there's a lot of controversy over life insurance in particular. But honestly, when you find the right one, you build it the right way, they could be extremely powerful. So if you're interested in something like that, why don't you give us a call? I mean, we can get you some quotes and look at some design examples and, and see if it fits your situation. It may not. But then again, it could be a very powerful tool for you, especially in the future in tax avoidance. Because honestly, I have to say, I think taxes are going to go up in the future. We've always said that, Bryce. Oh, well, we will continue to say it because it's going to happen at some point. That is correct. No doubt about it. Very good. Well, Doug, uh, let's talk for a moment just about how somebody can reach out to us and what they're hoping to accomplish. Folks, if you are five, seven, ten years away from retirement, maybe you just retired and you uh, are thinking about taking a second opinion, look at your portfolio and see how it's structured and see if there's ways to better structure it. That's exactly what Doug's been talking about. Life insurance is just one of the things that we do. There's a lot of ways to uh, double check and make sure that you are properly aligned for retirement. All you have to do is pick up the phone, 336-391-3409. 336-391-3409. You'll Get Joy or Lynn on the phone, and we will schedule that time to sit down with us. And you don't have to meet in person. If you uh, want to stay at your place, we can talk over the phone, or we can also do um, one of those video conferencing things that are so popular with the kids today. So, again, folks, 336-391-3409. We are going to come up here on a break for a moment, but uh, we will be back. And you know what happens if you've caught this show before. You know what happens right now before we go to break. It's trivia question time. And uh, so the trivia question is kind of topical. Doug, I like to make my trivia questions topical, so you know this week it's going to be about presidential elections. Okay, good. So here is the question. In terms of the popular vote, what was the closest presidential election in history? I'm going to give you some choices. Wow. Was it 1824, Andrew Jackson versus John Quincy Adams? Was it 1880, James A. Garfield versus Winfield Scott Hancock? Was it 1888, Benjamin Hams versus Grover Cleveland? Or was it 2000, George W. Bush versus Al Gore? That was the hanging Chad one, wasn't it? That was the hanging Chad one. That's correct. So in terms of the popular vote, what was the closest presidential election in history? Folks, please stick around through the break. We will be back in just a moment, and we will give you the answer to that. And then we're going to have some further discussions about how we can help you out in retirement. Stick around. And welcome back to the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. This is Bryce Payne, and with us here in the studio is also, of course, the man himself, Doug Ray. And thank you for sticking around through the break. We've got a great second half of the show for you. Folks, if you're out there, and I know you are, and you're between five and seven years from retirement, and you want to confirm that you're making the best decisions for retirement, well, the good news is, is that you're listening to the right show because we offer a no-cost, no-obligation second review so you can retire the job and keep the paycheck. 
All you got to do is pick up the phone, 336-391-3409. 336-391-3409. We'd love to hear from you. Now, let's get to that trivia question. Before the break, I asked, in terms of the popular vote, what was the closest presidential election in history? Was it 1824, Andrew Jackson versus John Quincy Adams? 1880, James Garfield versus Winfield Scott Hancock? 1888, Benjamin Harris versus Grover Cleveland, or 2000, George W. Bush versus Al Gore, the one we all remember. So, Doug, do you want to take a stab at this one? Yeah, um, I'll stab for sure. Uh, since I wasn't around in the 1800s, I'm going to say Bush v. Gore. Well, that was my selection as well, and yep. we were both wrong. <laughs> okay. So it was actually 1880, James A. Garfield versus Winfield Scott Hancock. Despite capturing fewer than 2,000 more popular votes than Hancock, Garfield was easily elected, capturing 214 of the 369 electoral votes cast. Wow. So that's a huge electoral victory, but he did that with only two, less than 2,000 more votes that's amazing, than it? Winfield Scott Hancock. I don't know what the population was back in 1880, but... Uh, that is quite surprising. Let me just throw a second trivia question out there for us real quick. Doug, what was the worst finish in history for an incumbent president? Worst finish in history. I'll, I'll give you the, the selections. Millard Fillmore in 1856, Herbert Hoover in 1932, William Howard Taft in 1912, or Martin Van Buren in 1848? Well, I'm going to say Hoover. Actually, it was William Howard Taft in 1912 uh, he only got 23.2% of the vote for an incumbent president. And he joked and said, I have one consolation. No one candidate was ever elected to be ex-president by such a large majority. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it's so a little bit of fun trivia question out there for us uh, on this election week as everyone is still trying to recover from all the fun that has happened in the last, well, really the last month or so. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so um, I thought what we would do in this second segment, since uh, you know we've been seeing a lot of folks this year that uh, have four hundred one ks at the workplace, and they have a lot of questions about them, and some some of these questions continue to crop up. So I thought we'd kind of cover a few of those, Bryce. Let's do uh, it. So uh, one of them is always revolving around loans. Is it a good idea or a bad idea to take a loan out of your four hundred one k? What do you think? Well, there can be advantages to it, certainly more than a traditional loan, absolutely, because when you do pay it back and you have to pay it back with interest, who are you paying the interest to? Yeah, yourself. You're paying it to yourself. You'd rather pay yourself the interest than a third party out there. So if that's one option that you've got available, uh, it certainly makes more sense than a traditional loan, absolutely. Yeah, and if that's your only recourse uh, for, for monies, if you need it in a hurry, it's a good place to get it. Now, here's a negative. If you have a loan outstanding and for whatever reason you leave your company, then if you don't pay that loan back, that becomes a taxable event. It's like a withdrawal. Yeah, and it, it may be, depending upon your age, even hit with an early distribution yeah. penalty. Yep. So you've got to be very careful with that. Yep, absolutely. All right, here's another one. This is quite common, rollovers. Do you roll over your 401k from your old company or do you leave it behind? Well, if you were my wife, you would say, oh, I leave them all behind. <laughs> yes. She has a, a collection. <laughs> she, let's had say. A, she had a collection of them. It was a few <laughs> weeks' worth to uh, get them all consolidated. But no, generally, 
That is the last thing that you want to do is you don't want to leave it behind. And there's a couple of reasons. Uh, I've said this before, but uh, investing in your uh, the investment options in a 401k are not the cream of the crop generally. You've only people you, you out there have probably seen your 401k selections and there's anywhere from 10 to maybe 40 different options. And that's about it. The larger the company, maybe you'll have a few more options. But what you probably weren't aware of is that those are not necessarily the best of the best investment options out there. Additionally, you're going to pay more in fees to have those investments through a 401k than you would if you just rolled it over straight to an IRA Mm -hmm. in most cases. I won't say every case. But so, yeah, you want to have more investment options available to you and you want to pay less fees. And if you don't, I'd like to hear why. But I've got a good left-behind story that uh, ended up really, really well. We've got clients down in our Charlotte office, had them for years, wonderful folks, and uh, she was a nurse. Uh, She retired last year, and um, I guess it's been about 30 years ago, she left Humana for another position, left her 401k behind. Yeah, I remember the story. Totally Mm -hmm. forgot about it all these years. I can't understand why the 401k custodian never did try to find her, but they didn't. Well, lo and behold, in the mail, sometime around, I think it was about a year ago, actually, she goes to the mailbox. There's this statement from Humana, 401k. They finally found her. They finally found her. She had left behind about $30,000 all in Humana stock. It was now worth $480,000. About double her net worth. (laughs) Can you imagine going to the mailbox and finding a $480,000 401k? So uh, needless to say, that's why she's retired now. (laughs) Wow. It's a good story. I love that story. The only thing I find in my mailbox these days are mail-in ballot certificates. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I would love to find a check for 400 and some thousand dollars, of course. Yeah, you don't want to leave those behind, folks. And you want to be able to consolidate them and and have uh, easy access to them and just have somebody manage them for you. No doubt. But that sure worked out well for her. Yes, it did. All right, let's do this one. Let's do target date funds. This is one you and I have a lot of fun with. We do. Um, you know, I got my start in a firm, a large firm everyone would recognize the name of uh, in this business, and uh, they were very popular through uh, through that as well. People think that I don't know much about investing. I've got money in an IRA that I'm rolling over from a 401k. I don't know where to put it. I don't want to make this complicated at all. Let me just put it in one of these retirement dated funds. I'm 50. I'm going to retire in 15 more years. So I'll put it in the retirement 2035 fund and everything is easy peasy. It's a well-balanced fund and I don't have to think about it. And well, a majority of that would be accurate to some degree, though, Doug, we have learned over the years that uh, they are... Not as conservative as no, they're they, not. They, they should be. Even a, if it was a 2025 target date fund, it's not nearly as conservative as you might think it is. So you got a false sense of uh, comfort there. And, uh, you know, when we analyze these things for folks, and that's what we, they, we show them on their second meeting, they're pretty stunned. Yeah. Oh, absolutely they are. Yeah, most of the time. And additionally, we'll point this out as well, Doug. The the way they become more conservative or are supposed to become more conservative over time is by getting more and more into bonds and less out of equities as the uh, as the years roll on. Well, 
you and I aren't big fans of bonds in this current market and haven't mm-hmm. been for a while. So really what you're doing is just shy of putting a good portion of that 401k in that fund or in that IRA in that fund into cash or yeah. something close to it. And there's better ways to handle the um, the to quell the volatility of your portfolio than putting it into bonds. We we've got some great options out there. But uh, yeah, folks, those target date funds those are very cookie cutter, um, and unfortunately, they don't do exactly what a lot of people think that they should be doing for them. And, and just as a uh, reminder to the listeners, if you do have bonds or bond funds in your f- portfolio, in my opinion, you are sitting on a ticking time bomb. Call us if you want to ask questions about that. Interest rates are going to go up at some point. Yep. Contribution amounts. Should you just contribute enough to get the match from the company or more? Okay. Well, so, you should at least contribute absolutely. The, the, uh, to the match because that's free money that you're passing up on if you don't. Generally, a standard rule of thumb is, is that you want to contribute to some kind of retirement account as much as you can. Because the average person out there is grossly underfunded for retirement. So folks, don't wait until you're 50. Don't even wait till you're 40 years old. If you can contribute into a retirement account, do it. If you generally want to contribute up to that match in your 401k, and then if there are better investment options out there outside of an IRA, you're not overly happy with the investment options in your 401k, then contribute the $6,000, $7,000 max that you can into an IRA or a Roth. And then if you've still got room for contributing more to a retirement plan, then go back to the 401k and max out as much as you can or as much as that you're allowed to back in the 401k that way. Don't just contribute into a non-qualified account. Take advantage of those tax breaks through an IRA or a Roth. Then that brings us up to the next one. Okay. What if your company has a Roth 401k and a traditional 401k. Do you do one versus the mm. other or a little in both? And that's where we have our favorite answer. It depends. <laughs> depends. Yeah. And it's going to be some other factors that go into your overall retirement planning that we can get you that answer. We'd, and we'd love to be able to analyze it for you and tell you, here's what you want to do. Here's what makes the most sense for you this year. Here's what makes the most sense for you 10 years down the road. And uh, taking advantage of Roth contributions I know you don't get the tax break right now, but boy, howdy, are there tax breaks down the road for you when that has grown for 15 or 20 years tax-free. It's, Doug, we, our software, we can tell our software that this is an IRA account or a Roth account, and we can see how much money they've got you know, 20 years down the road. And if that's a Roth account that you've been contributing to, even just take out the taxes, it's a much better situation almost all the time for people. Just look at it this way. If you've got a $500,000 traditional 401k or IRA for that matter, really you only have about 300000 of that 500000 The rest of it is Uncle Sam's. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. A lot of people just, they see that total amount and they think of it as all theirs and then they're, they've got angst or pain when they have to pay the taxes on it. But if you just tell yourself from the very beginning, this is not all of mine. I am sharing this account with Uncle Sam. Then it's a little bit easier to understand the taxes that are going to come out of there at some point. But if it was a Roth 401k or IRA, it's all yours. And you've already got Uncle Sam out of the picture. Mm -hmm. There you go. Well, Doug, we've only got about a minute left here of this week's show. What else do you want to share with people out there? Just one other thing. Since we've seen so many folks uh, get uh, laid off or retired early this year because of the shutdowns and everything, let's talk about, real quickly, ages on the 401k. 
If you're 59 and a half or younger and you roll your money to an IRA and you have to take distributions out of it, you have a 10% early distribution penalty facing you. But if you leave the money in the 401k, and this is the reason to leave behind some money in the 401k, at age 55, if you take money out of the 401k, there is no early distribution penalties. But only if it's still in the 401k. Right. If you rolled that portion over to an IRA at 55 and then try to take it out, that option is gone. Right. So I know this is kind of confusing, and if you got questions about it, please pick up the phone. Give us a shout, 336-391-3409. Bryce, I guess that brings us to the end of today's show, and folks, we will see you next week. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody. Take care.